Welcome to Game Store Profits, where we talk about God, gaming, and groups. I'm your host, Daniel Fisher. You all have may have noticed over the last few sessions, Jeff Romo hasn't been available. And he is dealing with some family issues right now. And not to pester him or anything, but just pray for him. Pray for him and pray for his family. But with me today is our Supreme Chancellor of Catan, Mike Perna. How you doing, Mike? Now, I will only accept Supreme Chancellorship if I get to be the Supreme Chancellor of the upcoming Game of Thrones edition of Catan. You know, I was looking at that, and I do enjoy Game of Thrones, and I enjoy Catan, and I, I just don't know what to think. Oh, I, I honestly think it's nothing but a, I, I don't want to call it a blatant cash grab. Yeah, I just, much. I just, I just don't know why that theme needs to be in Catan. I mean, they've already got a collectible card game. Oh, they're everywhere. They've already got a huge board game that takes five hours to play. There, uh, is it Simon? Yeah, Simon is doing Song of Ice and Fire uh, miniatures war game. What? I didn't know about that. Oh, that's Thanks. a that's a thing. That's a yeah. thing that's coming. Um, you got the RPG. I have that. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting. It's D&D with no magic. Yep. Yeah, it's just, I, 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 I really, I mean, I got it, and I was like, okay, so uh, who wants to play this? And everybody's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. So, how's things going? What have you been playing? What have you been doing? Huh, huh, huh? I'm, I'm mostly tired. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You had a busy weekend. I did. I had, I had a couple busy weekends. I had back-to-back yeah. busy weekends. So. Oh, that's good. My my body is uh, kind of battered and bruised, but it was it was really good. So you um, took up professional wrestling? No. Uh, what it what it was was is that I I went to the academy, uh, the thing that was put on by the folks at Game Church, uh, and I spoke there and I hung out that weekend, and then I came home and while I was doing the whole day job and family, I was also putting the finishing touches on putting Tavern Con together. Wow. Which was the following Saturday. So, yeah, uh, my weekends have been, needless to say, a little bit on the packed side. Uh, I did get quite a bit of gaming in. Uh, so happy for you on that. I mentioned, I mentioned the gaming that I got done, uh, at the Academy in the last episode, but I actually did get to play a little bit at TavernCon. Mostly, I got to play one game, but that one game was a three-hour epic session of Scythe. Oh yeah, I heard you got a new game. Uh, so I got to I got to play a three-hour, a seven-player, three-hour epic of Scythe. And now, I, I have always said that I am not about to unseat a number one uh, favorite game in the collection after one play. But having played twice now, <laughs> I can unequivocally say that Scythe has has booted Blood Rage off the top spot. Now, granted, it knocked it down to a very close second. Yeah. But but man, I I have nothing but good things to say about Scythe. It is so good, and I have the Invaders from Afar expansion. And you also have paint, and you could paint those miniatures. There is that. I, I don't know if I'll be painting those miniatures or not, but I, I do I do have some leftover paint from what 
what really was, and, and this is something that I can report when it comes to TavernCon, we did our paint and take with, uh, with resources from the guys at Reaper Miniatures. Uh, we got one of their kits and we decided let's just do it. I got, I got my buddy Brett who does all my, my paint stuff. And I'm like, Hey, Brett, you want to run some sessions? He goes, absolutely. We did it kind of on a lark. We're like, I have no idea if we're going to be able to make back the money we're spending on this kit, but it's worth an experiment. We had people lined up. His table was, was never empty. And, uh, it was a really, it was a really good time. So we will definitely be planning on doing the paint and take again next year. Hopefully I'll be there helping Brett. That would be awesome. Yeah. I've already told the wife, I said, listen, you know, I didn't get to go this year. I didn't get to go the year before that either. But next year I'm going, she just looks at me. She's like, but it's in Jersey. (laughs) And I was like, Jersey's okay. I just, you know, we just got to get get there and i told her i said i'll even take the two oldest children and let her stay home with the youngest there you go that and sounds it, like a plan and she's like well, where are you going to stay i said mike's house oh i <laughs> i appreciate i appreciate that you invite yourself over to my home yeah so that that was a, a huge success and uh what it did leave us though with is that we have a few leftover miniatures and a few leftover bottles of paint and so after being hounded pretty much since forever yep. by Mr. Fisher that I need to be painting these miniatures, I, I decided that I would grab some of the extras and grab some of these paints and, and give it a go. And I will say that I, I don't think I will ever be the the level of painter that, that you guys are because you guys and your whole big epic setups and, you know, your hour-long discussions on the nature of which paint to use. I, I don't think I'll ever, I don't think I'll ever be there, but I will say that after a, a stressful day, I sat down and I'm like, let me just try this. And it was, it was a very soothing kind of experience because yeah. I was having a hard time sleeping. I painted three figs and I'm like, yep, no, I'm ready for bed now. <laughs> yeah. I, I could see you picking this up as a hobby. Just, just one to relax. But you know, as every young lad begins his epic paint journey, it starts with Hero Quest. So it's back there on the ship. I do, I do have Hero <laughs> Quest available for for painting. We'll see if I actually do it. the The downside is is that because of the fact that this was a kit, if if you're ever interested in getting one of these things, uh, if, if either if you run an event or if you want to get it for your group. Uh, we got the $50 one, which come, came with a bunch of stuff in it. It was 25 figs, a bunch of different paints. I will, I will say lots of great things about it. There is one caveat I will say is that you can tell that the selection of the miniatures and the selection of the paints clearly came down to the folks at Reaper saying, all right, what's not selling right now? <laughs> well, the, I think with the paints, they make sure you have all the basic colors. Yes. Um, that you need to paint with. Now, they do have two lines of paint, and I know we're not going to get into a paint discussion. They have their standard lines, and then they have their HD Master Series. So, the standard lines are probably what they sent you. and It, it is what they sent. <laughs> and so, like, that's great for beginner painters. They got good pigment, good coverage. They're a little thick, but that's because they're designed to be watered down a little bit. So, um, but the Master Series are... 
uh, a lot higher and a lot finer pigments and the colors are brighter. So, so I, I will say that I was happy that when I posted the pictures up to the tavern, <laughs> I said, all right, miniature painters, tell me how I did. And, and literally all y'all were looking at me going, no, seriously, you, you done all right with you what you got. Great. Yeah, you did great. So I, I feel, I feel proud. <laughs> I remember the first miniature I ever painted was a 40K Space Marine. It was red. That's the main thing I remember. It was <laughs> it, red. It was red. And and I, it looked like I had dunked it in a container of red paint and shake, shook it off. I, I will say that I have a whole new appreciation for anybody who paints super detailed minis. Because you can tell that the minis they threw in the box ranged from hardly any detail to kind of some detail. And while it's not like a HD Uber mini, there's one that has quite a bit of detail. Yeah. Uh, the, and, and you, again, you can see all these p- pictured in the tavern. I might, when I post this, I might put pictures up of them too, just because I'm referencing them. But uh, there is this, this warlock woman or uh, like necromancer person. Oh my goodness. The, the detail on her, there were parts from like, I, I, I'm like, all right, give me the tiniest brush I got. <laughs> I'm going to hold my breath as I try to fill in this tiny little spot right here. <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, I've done that. I've got a brush that looks like it's three hairs gluing together. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's, it's one of my oldest brushes as well. It's, it, I've had it longer than I've been married. All right. I'm just gonna leave it there. <laughs> but uh, I, I, okay, we kind of got sidetracked on the whole painting yeah. thing. You know, I, I can't imagine you would allow that to happen. No, no, you, you know me. But uh, I, I do want to jump back to Scythe because you know everybody and their uncle is probably waiting to hear my thoughts on Scythe because for ages, pretty much since Scythe hit Kickstarter, I have been saying that this game is amazing, and you're the reason why I got it. At Gen Con last year. Yes, I, I'm aware of this. And, and it was funny because, uh, when, when Chris Baltney, the director of Game Church, gave it to me as my, my, you know, thank you for coming to speak. We, we can't afford to pay you. <laughs> Basically, he handed it to me <laughs> and he said, we were tired of hearing you complain about how you don't have this game. Yeah. You, you realize that, um, I've been helping him try to find a copy of that since Christmas. Yes. He, he informed me. It was originally going to be your Christmas gift. Yeah. He informed but it me. Completely sold out. Completely. But, uh, anyway, I, uh, I have, I, 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 to explain everything of Scythe will be hard because yeah. then this would be the Scythe episode. And we've got, we, you know, Daniel and I were talking about this episode beforehand. We have some cool stuff to talk about and some things that I think need to be talked about. But, you know, I so I, I don't want to go off on a Scythe episode. But here's some of the, the, the things that I like it. You guys can judge for yourself whether or not you think I'm full of garbage or uh, just because I like it doesn't necessarily mean you will. Because as much as I enjoy it... There's a lot of things in this that I can totally see why somebody else would think this game is dull and and drags on and is way too complicated. I totally see that because that my jam is the two to three hour sit. If that sounds 
really daunting to you, so will Scythe. Uh, it took, at, because I, I was able to grok kind of the rules, having played it at the academy, I was able to teach the whole thing in roughly, I'll give it 30 minutes. And, and I do, I do a good job of kind of layering what I explain. So that's why it took 30 minutes. The actual, you know, get to the table part was, was shorter than that, but I was still leaving out a whole big swath of stuff. Uh, because one thing that I love about Scythe, and it, it, it's also one of the reasons that it becomes super complicated is that there's a lot of replay value in it because there are two player boards. One, yeah. one is your character that talks about stuff that's specific to your character. And then there's another one that talks about your industrial nature, like your production style. And so there's, so there's stuff like innovative and industrial and agricultural and, and, and depending on which one of those boards you get, you'll have a completely different experience. So I love that because yeah. it means that no matter how many, like, cause it's a very deterministic game. You know, you know, if I play this character, I start here, I'll have these resources. I will do this. I, you know, there's no, there's no dice. There's no random. You know, everything that you're going to see once you've played it. But this idea of of the bonuses are slightly different depending on which player boards you get. The the cost of things is different. Like I, I can't remember which word got is which with which thing. But like some production places are really good at upgrading, so they can they can get upgrades out real cheap, and they actually get money back when they upgrade. Whereas the guy I played in my last game. There's no way for me to upgrade my upgrades. Like it will always be, it'll always cost the same and I get nothing for it. It just sucks me dry. But I was, but that same board meant that every time I put out one of these mechs that I, you know, you get four mechs and every time I put one out, I was getting a pile of money because this is what my people did. This is what my, my style was, was to get more mechs out and to, to feed the industrial complex. The short version of what you do is you're trying to get the most money possible. That is the very short version. There is a lot of stuff that goes into getting the most money possible. There's area control because you're moving across the map and trying to control different things to get resources. You're using those resources to to get more stuff, to build buildings, to uh, improve your combat, improve your popularity. You are trying to take this thing in the middle of the map, which is called the factory, thematically, that's why all these warring nations are coming together into this area. They're trying to take over the factory and get the uh, super advanced technologies that live within it. But everything goes to getting more money. You want to get more combat so that when somebody tries to, to conquer your people, you can take them out. You want to get more popularity because at the end of the game, uh, the higher your popularity, the more your people will pay you for doing the various goals. I, I, there, I, I, again, I could go on, I could go on for like the next 45 minutes about how awesome Scythe is because there is so much. There's, there's so many paths to victory because there are, are a bunch of goals and you only need to do six of them. So yeah. you can, you know, 
there's a way you can do it where you don't build any structures. There's a way you can do it where you can avoid combat. There's ways that you can do it. Like, there's so many different paths depending on who you are, what resources you have, how many of the other players are messing with you. There's different ways to make it happen. Um, and I, I love it. I absolutely love it. If you don't mind a really long sit, if you don't mind, I, I don't, I don't want to say it's overly complicated because it, it falls into my favorite niche, which is there's a lot going on and all it at, at first it seems like it's just this ton of information, this huge info dump, but then you play a round or two and everything clicks. Yeah. So it, it's complicated enough, but still kind of approachable. Like it will make you think, but if you're willing to put in at least that level of, of mental energy, there's a lot of reward for that thought and for that work. I, I, oh my goodness. I love this game so much. <laughs> I, 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 I really do. Uh, I, I look for, you also are a really big fan of diesel punk. Oh yeah, no, uh, absolutely. The fact, uh, the the artwork alone had me. Let alone the quality of this gameplay, and this gameplay is on point. <laughs> but yeah, no, I I I'm looking forward to playing this with lower player counts because right now I've only played it with the full complement of seven. So not only what you get in the base game, but also the people from yeah. the expansion, and. This is a game that definitely goes longer the more people you have playing. Oh, yeah. So I'd love to see it at four or five because I really think that that would drastically decrease the length of the game. Um, I think the last time I played it, uh, we played with three. Okay. And it lasted about an hour. Yeah. See, like I said, the, the, the seven player games that I've had are roughly a three hour set. Yeah. So I don't mind as long as I have the three hours to spend on a game. It's oh, it's such a glorious experience. But I I look forward to trying it with a little the the fewer player count uh, and really exploring all the different ways to do things. Because at seven, not only do you have the time commitment, it also gets yeah. super crowded on that map. Oh yeah. And so your ability to try to try different things kind of gets limited. So I, I'm really curious to see how that goes. I, I really want to see the expansion where they give you airships. Cause airships. <laughs> it's like you're going to play Age of Sigmar or something. Oh, uh, I, uh, so <laughs> no, th- this game, this game scratches every itch for me. I know I'm late to the party on this and that everyone, you know, has been talking about Scythe, but, uh, here, but what about Scythe 2? Here, here's a, here's a spoiler for you kids. I just, you know, I'm not going to talk about the rest of it, but I just submitted my votes for this year's Dice Tower Awards and Scythe was pretty prominent in my responses. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, it was, it was, it was so good and it was cool to just be able to, to sit around the table, both at the Academy and Tavern Con and just play with these folks because, yeah. because it is, it, it is more of an ask. This is not, you know, you know, dancing eggs. This is not, you know, <laughs> you know, all the other stuff that got brought forth at the table. I mean, this is, this is a sit 
And, yeah. and it was, I was super glad. Like there were people fighting to get at the table when I said, look, I'm going to teach Scythe because it was requested. And I had people literally getting up from other games say, I'm out just so that they could come play Scythe. Wow. That's, that's, you, you, you created some rudeness there. I, I, it was not intentional, but, uh, it was, it was so good. And, and that's not even talking about some of the other stuff we saw. Like, I actually have friends who are at Origins as we record this, who are going to the Stronghold booth to make sure that I get a copy of Pit Crew. Because Jeff Engelstein was, was in the house, uh, at TavernCon, and he brought the, his production copy of Pit Crew with him. And I had already seen the prototype, but, you know, a prototype is a prototype. No matter how close it is, it's still got that prototype vibe. Yeah. I, I had a funny feeling that was going to be on my, my watch list, as it were, for ministry stuff, because I'm always up for something that gets people, like, large groups of people excited about stuff. Right. We played a round of Pit Crew, and I'm, I, I literally was on the phone to my buddy, like, yeah, when you go to Origins... <laughs> You need to stop by the booth and get this well, for me. I had a moment like that as well today. Okay. Um, so Twilight Creations, a Mayfair company, mm-hmm. people that created Zombies, he knows one of my favorite games. I am well aware. And they created a super duper, you buy the whole shebang, $275, and they're only going to have limited copies at Origins. It's, it's one of the biggest boxes I've ever seen. Well, I, I, I don't want the game. I, I, I contacted my buddy Drew. He knows the owner at Twilight Creations. I said, please, I just want the box. Can you just get me the box with the inserts? That's all I want. <laughs> Because you probably have most, if not all, of what's in no, that box. No, I don't have all of them. I wish I did. I, I have about a third. and Because uh, there's like 30, 30 there, modules. There's a lot of them. So, but, you know, this will help me complete my collection. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I had a moment like that as well. And I said, just walk over there. You know, I'm just ask, do you have any extra boxes? And just give me that, and I'll be happy. <laughs> there you go. Well, I got to play a really fun game this past since the last time we recorded. Okay, it's called Karosha. Mm-hmm. Um, it's carrot O I A. I believe it's pronounced Karosha. Uh, you know how I'm it's, about pronouncing word name. It's bunnies. Yeah, it's bunnies. So you're a bunny, and your job is to get to get all the carrots without um, getting attacked by the birds, and you got to get through these mazes. And, um, so every player gets to pick a bunny and each bunny has its own superpower. Um, and you have to get like, it depends on how many people are playing, but like we had to get 15 carrots and we had four people playing. So, and everybody gets these maze cards. And so you'll get, there's three different rounds you play and they get progressively harder. So, uh, the first card you get is a three by three, and you've got to, uh, you have an arrow going in and an arrow going out. So, you've got to make a three by three maze that allows you to go in one section where the arrow is on the block and exit on the other one. And then you have to do it in a certain amount of time. You have to flip over a timer, and everybody just keeps going around adding pieces to the, the maze. 
Okay, so you can really screw yourself over. And then once that's done, everybody takes turns moving the bunny forward one space uh, to get to the carrots. And you also have to roll to move the birds. And each bird has a different special power as well. So when I was playing this with my kids, at first, you know, this is like a game eight and up. Um, I was like, well, I might enjoy this. I might not. It seems fun. So I started playing it and I actually loved it. And, but the funny thing with my children, because as soon as we get the maze laid out, that my daughter and my son would look over. It's like, okay, we can go. They were working the maze out before we even started moving our pieces. <laughs> so they were like, okay, if we go here, if we, if, cause it's Isabel's turn to go here and this is her power. So if she saves her power to the second turn and I've got us over here. We can then use her power to get over there. And then we have all the carrots. I mean, it was amazing. I've never seen my kids do that before. Work together like that. Just, you know, this is a, 11 year old and a 7 year old and it was great and I love it it's it's one of my going to be one of my top games to play bring to the family gaming table well i you know there is something to be said about family weight games because family weight is it's a weird animal that not not every game can do because there are kids games yeah and kids games are great but they're definitely distinctly for kids. Yeah. And then there are older games, which are great, but you know, you kind of leave the kids in the dust when you're playing those to, to fit squarely in that literally everybody can play this together. Wait, it, it's not easy. No, it's not. I mean, it, I mean, it's kind of kitty themed. It's a cutesy game, but I mean, there's strategy. I mean, it, it got my strategy because I do enjoy strategy. It, it's my strategy bug and just trying to work that out and just to see. I just, it just blew me away that my kids were critically thinking about how to get to those characters. And I mean, I have intelligent kids, but it was just, it was blowing me away because I've never seen their little brains work like they do it like that because that's how they are at school. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was a great game. I loved it. So kind of doubling back on what I have been doing, but that you have also been, you're, you've also been gearing up for something. Yes. Cause you, how about, you know, you've been putting it in the tavern, you've been putting it pretty much everywhere on social media that, that yeah. you have a presence at. So before we get into kind of moving and kind of making the turn and going into what we want to talk about, uh, I think you need a, a second here to take a little bit of the time on this podcast to give the elevator pitch as to uh, your trip to Gen Con yeah. and why people should still – they there is still time to sign up for it, right? Yeah, there's still time. And even though I have we, – we've met our minimum requirements for missionaries, uh, but we still – would like more people to be there. There's always room for, for more people to do more things at Gen Con. So um, – if you've never been to a gaming convention before, um, you'll have a tendency, especially on Saturday, the busiest day, if you walk outside, you're always going to see people with signs. And whether it's uh, signs about how horrible gamers are or just general Bible nonsense. And what I mean by Bible nonsense is a lot of these guys that are out there protesting the conventions are really on the fringes. 
of Christianity. It's like the conspiracy theorist Christian. And so, like, you know, they're, they're, they're out there giving Christians a bad name for one thing. They're, they're telling them how people are evil, um, because of the games they like to play. But, you know, with Game Church, what we do is we actually go into the con, into their element, into our element. We buy a booth. We don't stand out there. We don't lobby con it. But we actually go in to there and buy a booth and we are in the mix of all of it. And we just let people flow by. They come over to where we're at and we just say, hey, I just want to let you know Jesus loves you. And um, I have some free stuff for you. And, you know, you press in their hand, Jesus for the win. That's the Gospel of John. And go, hey, I got some free lanyards, some stickers and buttons. Go ahead and take them. And that's it. It's all we do. And, and that's the basic basis of every Game Church mission trip. Now, this year is going to be a little bit different. We are after hours, and when you're not in the booth, our job is to go out, mingle, and play games with people, have meaningful conversations with people. Um, it's going to be awesome. We're going to try to have a couple of uh, pocket games at the, the booth, especially when we run out of books, because we ran out last year. So uh, we're, we're going to try to have some games there so we can play games with people. You know, and it, it's it's going to be great. Um, and also, if Gen Con is not your thing, I'm now gearing up for PAX Unplugged. Uh, I'm officially not going, but I told them I'd help recruit for that as well. And, uh, you know, just to help them get enough missionaries for that, because I know a lot of people like the PAX Cons, and they think they're great. So it'll, it'll be interesting. I was just reading a forum that was mentioning, that was referencing the number of people that are, are actually skipping out on board game geek con this year because it's the it's the same weekend and and to be fair anybody who's listening who didn't see that thread no they're not going to make a habit of this it literally just fell that this was the only weekend that they could get the philadelphia convention center so they're going to in the future they're going to try and make sure that there's not this overlap because they don't they don't want to be robbing from bg yeah but uh, like the dice tower will be there and a bunch, a bunch of companies are not going to BGG to go to PAX Unplugged. But it's a new show. I mean, and you know, I've heard there's going to be lots of epic little goodies that they're going to have there. Cause you know, at PAX, there's always little PAX goodies that everybody gets and stuff like the big foam dice and stuff oh, like yeah. that. You know, I am with dice. So supposedly they're making a D6 this year. All right. The first time they've done a D6. So. It's exciting. Maybe we'll get a full foam seven piece set. <laughs> well, I, I know for a fact that our boy Sean will be in attendance at PAX Unplugged. Well, maybe he should go as a missionary because it it's it's pretty much yeah it's pretty much around the corner for him from him yeah. But it, Sean was actually with me at the academy too, so you never know yeah. he might he might I, be there. I was the so jealous, not just the academy. It's just. Not being able to go to Tavern Con, it was just—I uh, was praying for you guys hardcore that day, though. It, so it was a good time. A good time was had by all. We we made some money. We had a blast. Uh, we did. We had a really good time with not one but two local designers. We had Jeff and we had Jason. I I think that the the total people that we had was pretty much on par with last year. But we had way more people who were not just there to because hey, this is a a way to play a bunch of games. They were literally 
a lot more people there who said, I'm here because Inroads is doing good things and I want to be a part of it. That's awesome. So it was, it was a really good year. It was a really cool thing. We added a bunch of stuff and pretty much everything is going to be coming back next year because it was a great time. All that said, there's, there's something that, you know, Daniel and I were talking before the show. We always do kind of at least vaguely, you know, we're known for just freeform banter and we're known for just kind of having just the most bare bones kind of concept of what we have going in here. Uh, I'd love to say it's because we kind of let the Holy Spirit move, but it's mostly just because we're busy and lazy. Um, <laughs> no, no. Keep up with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's totally, that, it's good. totally just feeling the spirit move. Uh, but really, uh, there's one thing that we were talking about just, uh, leading into this about why this stuff is, has been on our minds and why we keep mentioning it. Uh, not only do we do it because these are cool events and they're worth participating in, but there really is a level of, of specialness and uniqueness to these things. And it, I think for me in this instance, and I've mentioned it before when I talked about doing like the Gen Con worship service and stuff like that. Uh, but there was a particular moment when at the end of the Academy, we'd been there for days. We'd been had all these cool, uh, cool gaming ex- experiences. True. But also just cool times of being able to just sit and, and talk and hang out. Um, one of my favorite moments had nothing to do with any of the sessions. It was literally just all of us who had gotten up early, uh, went down because the hotel had, you know, free complimentary breakfast. So we went down and we had breakfast and there was like, I think by the time we were done, there were like six of us, six or seven of us at the table, just talking about this, that, and the other thing about ministry and about games and about, uh, games as an art form by which God can speak. And it was just this cool time of just sitting around and talking and having done that all weekend, it kind of climaxed with having communion together. And I, I I ended up coming back. I ended up sharing uh, with my wife. I, uh, I was talking with Suze about various things and I said, there's something just unique about doing communion with game church. And she was confused. Like she didn't, you know, she didn't quite get that concept. And I said, I said, I don't want it to sound like I ever feel like I'm ostracized or, you know, outside of our church body. I never feel that way. Well, I can't say never, but I almost never feel that way. Uh, I, I, I'm blessed by being in a church where even if, even the people who don't understand what I do, they at least are very supportive of me. And so I, I'm super blessed in that area. And, and I want to say all of that before I say this, there are, there is something special about doing it with game church because sharing communion with my church, there's always this lingering feeling like nobody comprehends what we do. Yeah. That try as we might to talk about this as as mission, talk about uh, doing intentional community within the gaming world, how we try to, to do all this stuff that you'll hear at every missions conference ever. 
there's this, this disconnect. There's this weirdness. There's this, you know, I, I, again, I don't want it to sound like it's negative, but it's just different. It's so beyond comprehension to some people that it just creates this feeling of, of other and separate. But when we were in this situation, I, I found myself, like I said, every, you know, all, every morning I, we were talking about the context of, of what's going on at, you know, what we were expecting to see at E3, which is uh, something that's just happening right now, or pre, yeah. I think it's like just a couple days ago. But like we were talking about that stuff and how, you know, what we were looking forward to. And, and, and that was sp- spoken of in the context of missions, how we were talking about the gaming and, and how that, uh, moves in and how God can, has, how God can and has done some really cool things in our lives and the lives of people around us because of this, this gaming relationship that we've built with people. And now, you know, we, again, we talked about this earlier, but I, I kind of want to just put it out there, Daniel, and, and see, get kind of get your reaction to this for everybody else. If not, you know, for me, if not for my benefit, cause we did talk about this earlier, uh, just for everybody else. Have you ever felt, because this is something that's constant for me. Have, have you ever felt that when you're talking about what we do at Inroads, yeah. when we're talking within the community, it, it, it's a, it, we don't even have to begin to explain why this is a thing or, or if this is a thing. Yeah. It just is. Yeah. Whereas when we're talking with churches, at least for me, it feels like two thirds of my energy and my time and my, my talking. Yeah. Two thirds is just getting across that this is valid ministry. Yeah. And it, that leaves just this small little portion of actually talking about how we do it because I've had to expend so much effort just to convince people. No, seriously, <laughs> this is, this is a valid way to bring the gospel to people. Yeah. And if with me, if people don't understand uh, or know me, yeah, I get that there. You know, you talk to somebody like, Hey, uh, this is what I do. And they're like, well, uh, we feed the poor. I'm like, but do you talk to the poor? Do you play with the poor? Do you get to know the poor? Or do you just feed them? You know, things like that. Uh, and, and I'm not trying to, I'm not saying for me, it's, I'm not making fun of feeding the poor. It's something that's required. <laughs> yeah. We, yes, we you, volunteer. You jerk. <laughs> yeah. We volunteer at food pantries and, 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 you know, help, you know, my wife and daughter have both, you know, Doled out food to people and, you know, I've collected food for people and clothing for people and store it here at my house. And if anybody knows me, I take people into my home for long periods of time. It's just that, you know, we, we want to get to know people. And, you know, that's the main part of what we do is to, to open up that communication. And, you know, churches don't understand that sometimes that we just use board games, but, I always like to point out, like, what about the people that have the pancake breakfasts that just sit around and talk to each other? It's what we do, but over board games and not pancakes. Well, and, and there is, there is, I don't know, there's this, I don't want to say stigma because that's a word that we throw around all the time. Yeah. 
and I don't think it's, it's, it's 100% accurate. I think it was accurate. I think it's more, it's more indifference than stigma these days. Yeah. But I think there's just this understanding of, of viewing missions as accomplishing a goal. Yeah. And I, I think that, I don't know, I, I would say that it's just, American Christianity as a whole, but it's a, I don't know, it's especially true here in Jersey. Everything has to accomplish a goal and not just like, like move towards a goal. It literally has to accomplish the goal that yeah. day. And if you're not doing something that will potentially do it that day or that weekend or that, you know, whatever, whatever the, the bounded, uh, set of time is, if you're not accomplishing a major event, it's somehow viewed as lesser. We well, yeah, we, we see that, though, even in our... And I am going to get kind of religious here for a minute. We um, we, we said but, we're making the turn. This is the time. Do yeah, it. Make it yeah. happen. So anyway, we, we see that all throughout our religion. For instance, you know, the people that for... Uh, what are those... That actor in that stinking... Australian guy. You know who I'm talking about. They they did the uh, Way of the Master. Okay. Way of the Master. Yep. Yeah, they have to have an immediate effect for them to keep going with what they're doing. And that's how we, we do this and we do this and we do this and then they get saved. Right. But what if they don't get saved? Do you just walk up to the next person and do that to them? Or do you talk to them even more and learn more about them? And and I think a lot of churches have gotten to a point now where if they don't, it, it's that instant gratification we get with our devices and being able to order something and have it on our doorstep that afternoon. You know, it, the churches are trying to get instantly gratified by leading people to Christ or doing service projects. It's got to be done right then and there. Nobody wants to put in the extra time and effort to build a relationship. Well, and, and here's something that, that's interesting, especially because we're talking about miniatures painting, because this actually is, it's going to tie in nicely with this idea. Um, I'm pretty confident I must have mentioned this before, but it's probably been so long that I might as well bring it up again. Um, when I was in seminary, there was a, a bunch of professors. I, I had it in college. I had it in seminary. A bunch of different professors all said the same thing. We are going into ministry, have something some side project that's not tied to the church, not tied to anything, just a side project that you can do that you can complete. Yep. Have something that you can start, you can do, and you can complete. And he said, because it, it it's your sanity is it, in order to maintain that level of sanity, you need to be able to complete something because so much of what you're signing up for will never be complete. Oh yeah. And I I've often one uh, a you know I love the the TV show Mash. I love the movie Mash too, but for other reasons. But there was one one kind of bit of dialogue between two of my favorite characters, Hawkeye and uh Father Mulcahy. And at one point uh, Father Mulcahy says, when you walk into an operating room, you know immediately if you succeeded or you failed. He said, I can go my entire life never knowing if I'm doing any good at all. 
And it's true because ministry is something that never finishes. And I think, I think one way that we, we end up screwing up is that we, we look at ministry as something is accomplished. And yeah, there are things that are accomplished. You go and you build a clinic for people who didn't have one. That's an accomplishment. That's a wonderful accomplishment. You go and you provide X number of meals for homeless people in the city. That's an accomplishment. That's a wonderful accomplishment. Yeah. But the problem is, is that when, when we view the accomplishment as ministry and all the stuff around that accomplishment as frivolous to, to use a, uh, a phrase that is, I, I believe is, is rather Southern. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I got it off of a, an incredibly nerdy thing. I got it from a movie called flight of dragons. Uh, <laughs> something's been stuck in my craw. <laughs> and, and for me, the thing that's really been stuck in my craw lately, it's been, it's been driving me nuts is that as a people, and and i'm i'm sure that that other expressions of christianity are not feeling this as much as we are here in the states and those of you who aren't here in america please tell me if if this is an is something that you're seeing uh as well is that everything has to be tied to a lesson yeah everything has to be tied to get to that come to jesus moment you can't simply exist with people. You can't just be. You have to get to a moment. Yeah. It's why we had the Jesus shoot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, okay. Yeah. Here, come eat with us and, and just hang out with us. A boom. They preach. It happens all the time. I mean, it, and, it's just frustrating. Well, and, and something that, I can't remember. I'd love to be able to cite you exactly where I got this, but I think I was getting it second or third hand. So take this for what it is, but the point is amazing. I'd love, you know, if, if y'all hear this and you know where I'm getting it from, please tell me because I want to remember, I want to cite my source, but basically uh, I was, I was reading through a book somewhere and the the point that was getting brought was that we somewhere along the line we went we went very wrong when we started viewing evangelism as a moment mm-hmm. instead of as a lifestyle we we view it as a a thing that people go to instead of as a a thing that people embody yeah and i think that that you know the reason the reason we keep bringing up, you know, going back to the whole game church, the academy, tavern con, gen con, the reason we think that these are these things are so special and beautiful when we talk about doing communion here, and while we talk about gathering together with these people, is because of the fact that doing this out, you know, in the world, as it were, is draining. Yeah. And, and Daniel and I, as we were prepping for this episode, we're saying, look, part of this is just gonna, is just us gonna be real with folks. Because if you're listening to, we have, 
I, I've realized that we've picked up a bunch of listeners who are either uh, on church staff there in Christian schools. I know I've met over the past couple of <laughs> weeks, over the past couple of weeks, I've face to face met a bunch of people who have said they've listened to us and they're in these positions, let alone people who are just doing lay stuff in the church. And, you know, part of this is just us telling you that they're as, as beautiful and encouraging as these spaces are. The reason that we go gaga over these things, why we, we can't stop talking about them is because you occasionally need to be able to, to do that, to be in that place where you're not constantly explaining yourself, to be in a place where you're not constantly defending your right to speak and do the things that you speak and do. And to be able to, to just reflect and to, to experience the presence of God with people who are walking the same road that you are. It's insane. Um, as we were talking beforehand about the communion, um, one of the greatest moments for me that I knew that this is what I needed to be doing, okay, was at Gen Con last year. And um, Sunday morning service, I got to go, and, you know, I've been, that Gen Con was the first time I ever got to meet T.R. Knight. Yep. Love him to death. He's one of my closest friends now. TR's but, TR's amazing, and I'm not just saying yeah. that because he writes something for us every month that is actually yeah, up that is actually up for an any this year. Yeah, I I love that guy uh, so much. And but anyway, I got to go to uh, to the um, the uh, the church service that's held by the uh, Christian Gamers Guild, and I've been to the church services before at DragonCon, um, and it just really hit me this time because we had communion. And this is communion that, you know, communion for me is very intimate. Um, at our church, the way we normally do it is we, we don't do it during a normal church service. We do it after church with the partners, the, the main core group of the church. So, um, you know, that's how we handle it. And so being there with TR and his girls and all those other Christian gamers taking communion, the same people that go through the same stuff we go through, when they're out there dealing with the gaming world and stuff together and just being amongst your people, you know, it's, I call them my people. Um, you know, even though it is awesome at my church, but yeah, it was just something different. And that's when I knew this is this for sure. This is what I need to be doing. You know, uh, me and you have talked about this before, but like God was just reaffirming himself to me. During that time period, and and it was just I, I was so at peace uh, with with the whole thing, and you know it was just awesome, it's epic, and I needed that, and I, that's I'm actually kind of excited about that for it this year. I'm like, hey, I get to go have communion with all this two hundred brothers and sisters that are all starting in this room while Tom Vassell preaches and Sam Healy plays the guitar. Uh, I'll give you kind of a an example of how, how important it is to have this, this refreshing and to, to then be able to move forward. Uh, coming out of the Academy, I, I was stoked. I was stoked for Tavern Con. I was excited because God was, was moving 
And now I, I've been seeing it a lot, you know, in the general sense of the word. Like I could see that God was doing something. I could see the increased numbers in the tavern. I could see the increase of emails in my inbox. I could see all that stuff. And, I, you know, if you were to ask me, I would say, yes, clearly this is, this is God moving. But it didn't always feel that way. It's, these are words that I was saying because it's what you say. And, and I was saying it until I believed it. But there was, there was a, a constant feeling. And I've, I've mentioned this before. My, my go-to, there's a couple guys in scripture that I always resonate strongly with for one reason or another. Like I, I, I resonate strongly with Peter because he's real passionate, but dang, does he screw up? I, I resonate with, uh, Bezalel. Literally this ministry is because I resonate with a guy named Bezalel. And one of these guys that I resonate with is, is a guy named Elijah. And I, I know I don't have to spend too much time. If you're, if you're listening to this and you're a Christian, you know who Elijah is. But at one point in the story of Elijah's ministry, he finds himself in a cave, literally running from his, for his life. And, and God's basically like, what are you doing here? And he's like, you don't understand. I'm alone and I'm going to die and there's nobody left. And I might as well just curl up into a ball and forget about all of this because there's, it's just me. And God's like, I got, you know, thousands of people back here who are still with me. And because they're still with me, that means they're with you too. He says, get back in there. Yeah. And, you know, there, there, I found myself in that spot where I was feeling very much like Elijah saying, saying, God, is, is this really a thing? I'm, I'm feeling sick and tired. Like, like I'm the only person doing this. And now logically that doesn't make sense. I was at events with you and Sean and all this, like logically it didn't make sense that I was by myself because I was surrounded by, by people doing stuff, but it didn't, it still felt that way because the fact that, you know, I've often joked, I go, yeah, Romo and I have been running this ministry for years together. I've never sat in the same room with him. Yep. And, and it was only until we brought Sean on that there were two of us in the same state. And so, you know, all there, there's still this feeling of, of no matter how much I got people working with me, there's still this feeling of I'm doing this by myself. And yet here comes this pile of people converging on Whippany, New Jersey <laughs> to talk about how it's not just a novelty to use these games as, as a way to minister to people. It's not just, you know, this, this thing that we're doing to, to be cool that literally there's this community of people who need to hear about God. I needed that going into the tavern because <laughs> Because going into TavernCon, uh, a buddy of mine who he is a regular, but I know for a fact he doesn't listen to this podcast. And if he does, sorry, Ben, I'm going to talk about you. <laughs> um, my buddy Ben, he's part of my D and D crew. Known this guy for years. We met as friend, as a friend of friends, and everything like that. But I have known this guy for years now. I've been playing with him for years. He is, he will tell you straight up that he doesn't, he doesn't believe in God and he, it's not really a thing for him. He's not like antagonistic about it. Right. It's just not a thing for him. Yet 
here I was at the tail end of TavernCon. I had been on my feet for like 13 hours. If you take away that three hours from Scythe. I'd been on my feet for hours on end. I was exhausted. I was spent. I had nothing left. But in comes one of our pastors. And he literally just saw his youngest girl graduate from high school, going into college. So he was, he was excited because he was like, he's like, now that you, you guys could keep doing this, now I actually might be able to have some time. I might be able to do this. That's awesome. And, and we started nerding out. He actually, <laughs> he actually brought, uh, these, co- these copies of the, this old World War II flying game that he brought, that he played when he was younger. And I, I'm geeking out about wait, these. Wait, wait, was he, was it Battle of Britain? No. Okay. Uh, but he, he brought this and we started nerding out and I started talking about, uh, I showed him Battletech. And I showed him the, the, the sheets and how you have to cite like where the armor is and where your ammunition is being, being stored. And all, and he's like, Oh, when are we playing this? <laughs> and then my buddy Ben got into the conversation and we started talking about different things. We started talking about, about commissioned and how it's, it does a really good job of being biblical without being preachy. Uh, we talked about various stuff like that. And before I knew it, it, I had stepped out because I had to start cleaning stuff up and had to start doing stuff to wrap up the event. I had to hand out the uh, prizes for the raffles and for the meta tournament and all that stuff. But even then, there it was. It was my buddy Ben, the staunch atheist, and my, my friend and pastor, Jeff, and they were geeking out. And they were talking about games. And they were talking about the nature of church. Ben, at some point, looked at me and said, you know, I don't ever see the inside of a church because I have no reason to be here. And and I was explaining to him that, yeah, you know, a lot of ways we're a non-traditional church, but in a lot of ways we're very traditional. He goes, no, you can't be traditional because you don't look like this. I go, no, no, you don't understand. Tradition runs deeper than just that. And yeah. we had this this really cool conversation, but all of that, and I'm just sitting here going, going, y'all, seriously, this is what ministry looks like. <laughs> because the reason that, that Ben would set foot in a church, the reason that Jeff would come to that table is because I sat there and I said, this is the value of gaming. Yes. And I said, you come from gaming. Let me show you gaming through the eyes of God and why I care about these games. Not just playing them, not just for funsies. Why I care about these games. And I talked to Jeff and I said, you love God and you love seeing God move in the lives of people. Let me show you how that happens through gaming. And these two guys converged on our game table and went nuts. (laughs) And, and I realized that, that part of the reason that I was able to be available in that place was because of the fact that I had just come off of the academy where I was able to sit and to talk and to share and to break bread with brothers and sisters in Christ who, who not only do I share that faith connection with, but I also shared that place of gaming with. Yeah. And, and that there's something just refreshing about that. And I think that there's like, that's something that we don't often think about when it comes to ministry is this need to be refreshed. We spend so much time offering out 
that we forget that there is something that we need to, to replenish ourselves. Otherwise we just get fried and become hollow and we break. To me, that's the best part. It's just, it's just like, you know, he's, he's a well of living water. I mean, just spending time with each other, especially when we have the same things going on in our lives, doing the same things, the same purpose we could relate. And it just helps out. Yeah, and it was it was fun because in the last episode I was sharing with you know audio that I captured from a bunch of those folks like pretty much everybody, yeah, literally everybody that I grabbed audio with from the academy, I it was the first time I'd ever met them yeah. in person anyway, and you get the fellowship with them, and and it was there was something really just awesome about that. It was something awesome and refreshing. Just to know that, that they were there, that the faces on Facebook and the, the discussions we've had via text only, like there are real people tied to this, real people passionate about doing what we're doing. And just that, you know, so much of our ministry has been tied to this understanding of, of making people feel that they, they aren't as alone as they might think they are. Yeah, and, and that's important, you know, because th- we've always talked about the 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 gamer Christian that's out there that doesn't know stuff like this exists. But you know, it, it's it's good. <laughs> it's, it's all I could put it. I mean, I, I don't have any other way to explain it. You know. So I I think that there's there's a couple things. I mean, obviously. The, the, the sheer notion that, that we're not alone in this, that there are other people doing this, that, that we want to be able to re, to reiterate and to continue to make that a theme in what we talk about. Because again, so much of, of where inroads got kind of sprung from yeah. was this idea that we need to make sure that people know they're not alone in this. But I think that there's, there's also a, a spot here just to, encourage folks because I've had a lot of emails and a lot of conversations and a lot of posts in the tavern about how people want to do this. And, you know, people are saying, Oh, my church, you know, really isn't backing me or my church, you know, doesn't want this to happen or I have to, you know, they're feeling the weight of having to explain that this is valid. And, there's a bunch of people who are really just doing awesome things and, and dedicated to see God speak into this community and to their neighborhoods and stuff like that. And they feel that burden. They feel, they feel the, the Mulcahy vibe of, I have no idea if what I'm doing is doing any good. And I don't know if nothing else, I hope that this episode of the podcast is, it, yeah, it's, it's part us just being real with y'all that, that this, this ministry is not all sunshine and roses. It's not just an excuse yeah. to, to push cardboard with people because we, we do feel drained on occasion. We do feel that yeah. it's hard when, when we have to spend so much, uh, energy and so much kind of emotional capital just convincing people that we have a place in the, the greater, the greater realm of ministry when so much energy is just 
defending our right to be here, right. let alone actually able to do the work. We feel it. We feel it and we under, and we understand everyone else who feels it too. But I think that this episode should be kind of a, a touchstone of, of we want to encourage you guys. Cause as, as much as we want to be honest and say that there are times when we get dry, I can also tell you all the ways that y'all as a community have, have pretty much been a driving force as to why we still do this. Because every time that I, I can speak for myself, I'm pretty confident I can speak for, for Daniel too. When I say that, you know, all of us are, we all have day jobs. We all have families. A bunch of us have kids. Um, it's hard to, to continue to put that out there and put that. Yeah. It, 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 it is that draining thing. But every time we're like, you know, man, I don't think I have enough in me to do this. I don't think I have enough in me to, to push another late night or another, you know, event that I can't, you know, I don't have enough in me. Somebody will send an email or somebody will post up in the tavern or somebody will send a story or comment on a, a podcast. One of the, like, I literally have to turn and burn uh, an episode of Barden Bible because I'm so behind due to these events. Uh, I'm, I'm going to pretty much wrap this up and start recording the Barden Bible that will either be up. They will probably be up within a day or so of, of recording this. And there are times when I'm like, man, do I really need to do this other podcast? There are times when I'm like, man, is this really something? Is anybody even listening? Not once, not twice, but three times between the tavern and the academy did somebody come up and say, you have no idea how blessed I've been to listen to Barden Bible. One dude even said it's his favorite devotional podcast he has, he's ever listened to. Wow. Y'all have been so encouraging, and I hope that if nothing else in this episode that we can encourage you, that if you're fighting for this, if you're seeing this happen and you're getting that resistance, if you're you're seeing God move in this gaming world and yet, you, whether it's in your churches or people, uh, whether it's the church leadership or church or people in the congregation or whatever that's giving you grief about this, we want to encourage you that that God does awesome stuff here. We know that and you know that and we want you to know that we stand with you. That that anybody who's trying to do this stuff, we fully acknowledge the 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 challenges that make this happen. The the questions that people have as to whether or not this can actually be called ministry. We know that, we feel that, and we're here to tell you that that we know for a fact that God is doing awesome stuff here. Amen. All right, Daniel, for me, it's it's weird because I've gone from having umpteen announcements to I don't think there's I don't think there's anything specific that I have to mention. Do you have anything coming up? Uh, other than Gen Con right now, um, no. Um, I haven't planned a, well, uh, we, we do have free RPG day this weekend, but it, this, this will be, this will come out after Monday. That. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, there's nothing really coming up for me. Um, I do need to plan some more days to get out there and play games. It's just new babies, new babies, new, new, new babies will mess with that. Yeah. But, uh, I did see the picture of your two, two month old baby. 
Yeah. Uh, he's, Samuel Benai Harrison Fisher. He's adorable. I love him to death. But, um, but yeah, definitely, folks, if you're listening to this, be, you know, get yourself in the tavern if you're not in there because we are fast approaching 500 people in there. Oh, yeah. And that, that's exciting. And we're going to do something special for that. We have no idea what it is yet, but we're going to do something. Oh, yeah. Hey, all, future Mike here in the Edit Bay 9000. I'm, you know, practically chugging energy drinks at this point, though not literally. But I am burning the midnight oil to try and get this out to you guys. But I really wanted to step in here and give you a little bit of an announcement. Because in the time between us recording this and me editing this, we have actually crossed the 500 mark. Now, we're still at a loss for what we're going to do to mark this occasion. But we're going to do something. I don't know if it's just to celebrate who you know the regular who who helped us cross that line or if we're going to do another contest or whatever we're going to do something so if you're not in the tavern definitely get there i'll put a link when i post this but if you are just yeah continue being awesome and continue to uh be my favorite group of nerds on the internet thanks guys future mike out and yeah, there's there's gonna be stuff that that you can participate in. There's you you can definitely be a part of the Gen Con trip. Uh, I, having sat behind that table at Gen Con before, <laughs> long before any of this this cool stuff that's been happening in recent you know recent years, uh, I sat behind that table. Uh, there's it's it's a great time, and it's it really is you know it it's really cool because uh, I believe they're gonna be at Gen Con. Uh, you will literally get to be able to to work side by side if you go on this trip. Uh, you'll be able to work side by side with people who who literally had their lives changed when when God came in because somebody at Game Church handed them a Gospel of John and said Jesus loves you. Yeah, literally somebody who went from I don't even you know I I believe I I know at least at least she was definitely not Christian. And she basically got, saw this in a really dark place and had her life transformed. You get to, to literally talk to her and, and see the results of, of something that's happened on this trip and how God moves on trips just like this. Yeah. So definitely check that out. Um, we will continue to, to make some awesome stuff. I will be, uh, like I said, putting out a Bard and Bible in the very near future and you, that will be up by the time this goes live. And, uh, yeah, be sure to be praying for Romo and his family. Um, you can ask him for details. We, we got the okay to mention it, but I still, you know, I don't know how much of it he wants out on the street. So if I'm sure that if you asked, say, how can we pray? I'm sure knowing Romo that he would be happy to answer that. But, um, and if, if you want, you can, uh, just definitely be praying for, for us, praying for the future of inroads. We're excited that we keep, we still get to do this. We're excited that this is still a thing and, uh, just be praying that, that we get to keep doing it and that it can, that it continues to grow because, yeah, it's really exciting to be a part of what God's doing, even on those times that it feels like it's killing us. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. All that said, uh, always remember, 
God is the game master. No matter how the dice fall, the game plays on.